Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show this week. Uh, As always, my favorite time of the week when I get to be here with all of you, my listeners, Mr. B in the booth, as always, and and to my guests, who to me are the ones that I'm so grateful to because they're willing to share their wisdom with you, really open up, hide nothing, and just share who they are as people, who they are in business, and the lessons that they've learned, the wisdom that they've learned over the years from being in business, from other people that have helped them in their business. And my guest today is no different. I am so, so, so excited to have my friend Pat Pasquale Grillo on the show today. Um, I've known Pat, oh my God, Pat, I can't even remember how long we've known each other through the tech world. (laughs) Oh, it's been a while. I was trying to figure it out. I mean, you've owned Atrion Communications in New Jersey for what, 34 years now? Yeah, we started in uh, May of 85, so we'll be celebrating 35 years this May. It's going to be an interesting time for us because May will be 35 years the company, and April will be 50 years I'm married. Oh, my gosh. Happy anniversary. (laughs) Yeah. Not yet, but getting there. That's a major milestone. And, by the way, thank you so much for your service. You are retired military as well. Yes, thank you. And, and you're still doing a lot of stuff with the military, Ben. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later okay. as we get into the show. Uh, one of the things that... Yeah. It, go ahead. No, you go. One of the things that really has stood out for me in all the, the decade, basically, that I've known you is how much of you you really share in your business and, and how much your employees share as well. I mean, it's a family company, but your employees really became an extension of your actual family. And that doesn't happen for almost 35 years for most companies. What do you think is the key for having that happen in your business? I think it's just just kind of being open and trying to make everybody feel like a you know they're part of it and, and that their opinion matters. Um, you know, back years ago, I kept getting uh, one of our competitors kept wanting to buy my company, and I kept turning them down. And he's a really successful person. And uh, it was interesting. Years later, uh, my son ran into this gentleman, and the guy said, "How's your dad doing?" He said, "Fine." He said, yeah, I kept trying to buy your dad's company, but he never wanted to sell because he wanted to run a lifestyle business. And, you know, and this person was obviously interested in growing and started a couple more companies since then. So it was kind of a different thing. I wanted some place where people came to work and enjoyed working because I worked a couple places where I didn't enjoy working. And I didn't feel like getting up in the morning and going there because I knew I was not going to be happy. So I was hoping people would come here and enjoy what they're doing and at the same time, you know, make some money and grow. And that's really happened for you over the years. A lot of people try to do that, and yet 
it never seems to really gel and stay. Is there one tip or trick that you would give to my listeners to help them have the longevity that you've had with the staff that you've had? I think the basic thing, the, the main thing I've done is, you know, I used to, I haven't done this as much now. Dom's starting to do more of it, but I used to ask the employees to write up um, what their goals were, short-term, long-term, uh, give me an idea where they think they could help more and do more. And it's interesting because my general manager today, he got that job from one of those uh, write-ups. And the young lady who runs our HR and also our contracts, same thing. They both wrote down, here's here's what I'd like to do and uh, if I had the chance. And I brought them both in and said, okay, tell me what you would do. And they told me. And I said, okay, you have the job. I said, I'm not going to give you any more money right now, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to show me you can do the, the job that, that you're, you know, tell me you can do. And both of them have been very successful. Both have been here over 20 years now. Um, you know, but that came straight out of me asking the question. So, you know, sometimes you get people working for you and you don't realize that in, inside they may be unhappy because they think they could do more, you know, and you're not giving them the opportunity. And I think that was part of my problem with some of the places I worked. So I want employees to come to me and tell me, Hey, you know, I could really do this for you. I can, I, you know, I think it would be helpful. You know, sometimes you have to say no. Sometimes you say that that's good, but I really don't think that fits for us. And but uh, for the most part, the ideas people have come to me with, and now they're going to Dom with more, uh, have been solid and uh, work for them. Well, that's fascinating because I've seen so often where business owners are leery of asking their staff what they could do for the company, what they'd like to do for the company, what their goals are. Almost like they're afraid that if they do that, these people will realize what they're capable of and leave, or they don't really want to hear where the staff feels maybe an area is lacking in the company that they could help with. How do you respond to that? Well, it's, it could be an issue, but, you know, in my mind, if you're not happy, don't let the door hit you in the butt. You know, go somewhere where you're going to be happy. And I tell that to employees all the time. Don't don't come here and, and be a cancer and make everybody else unhappy. You know, so I'd rather have, even though they might be a, a solid employee for the most part, I'd rather have them leave than stay here and, and be upset. And because, uh, and, again, it, it, if one person's upset, it's amazing how that can proliferate around the company. So I I don't like that at all. I love the whole idea of not just doing a regular performance review, but asking them, you know, really what their goals are and how, where else they see themselves in the company and, and what they're doing. I never knew you were doing that, but it totally fits with who you are as a business owner and who you are as a person in the world. But yet so many people seem to have trouble doing it. Now, your son, who has now taken over as CEO, I know your original plan no. was to... Yeah, he's the president. I'm still, I'm, I'm still the CEO. Oh, you are? I'm okay. still working. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm still working. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, the visionary on a lot of stuff with him, so he brings a lot of ideas to me, and I, I say yes or no, whatever kind of thing. 
And, uh, you know, so he's just, to me, he's like any other employee that might have a great idea. And, and you know, I want to hear it. And, you know, and then let him run with it. So if it makes sense, you know. Um, it, it's really working out good because it's freed me up to work on some other things. And I could tell you a little more about what I'm doing right now. But, you know, the veterans thing we're going to talk about, that's that's so that's a passion for me. I mean, I, I, I got to do as much as I can do. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's paying forward. And I, I think I'm I think I'm trying to do well. I think I'm doing well with it. But, you know, I got another passion that just just hit me this weekend with Veterans Day. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's and I'll just throw this out there. And if you want to talk about it later or whatever, you know, one of the things that frustrates me as a company, we're a veteran-owned small business, right? And that I like the idea that there's programs for veterans and minorities or women-owned or whatever kind of thing, but there's got to be some kind of limit. You know, we're losing business today to a $10 billion minority company. Why does a $10 billion company need that advantage? They shouldn't. If they do, they should fire their management because they don't know what they're doing. So that really frustrates me big time. And it just happened recently in one of our biggest accounts. And uh, I'm saying, I don't understand this. It just doesn't make sense to me. So I, I just started writing something uh, yesterday. And I have a friend that's a Pulitzer Prize winner, an investigative reporter. And I sent it to him and I said, take a look at my outline here and tell me what I can do with this. Because it's very frustrating. Well, I I would imagine it would be. Now, when I had my tech company based out of Connecticut, I remember... I was like, well, you know, I'm a woman-owned tech company there. Back then, there were, like, hardly any of us. So I tried to register with the state of Connecticut as a woman-owned business to try to get some different contracts and stuff that I could get. And they wouldn't let me register unless I would get people in writing telling me that the reason I lost contracts was because I was a woman. Really? Now, do you know anybody in their right mind as a business that would be willing to write that letter? It could be difficult. It would be really difficult. And I'm like, why do I need that to prove that I'm a woman-owned business? <laughs> I'm obviously uh, a woman. I own 100% of my business. So I finally we, said, we I, I, I finally just said, the heck with it. I know I'm a woman, and I'm not going to choose to believe that I don't have an advantage because I'm a woman. So I just said the heck with it, and I became very successful at, because I, I changed my mindset around it. So I, I agree with you. It is kind of fascinating about it. I never really looked at it that way because I was never able to register as any of those things. Well, you'd need two more shows, at least with me, just on that subject. If, if, if I told you some of the stories that I've run into and, uh, and things that have happened in my 40 years doing this with minority or veteran or whatever owned business and, and uh it's it's just amazing i, I could tell you some that uh make your head spin I, uh, I i'll give you, you one i'll give you one quick one okay so when we read when one of my big customers the only reason i knew i should register is one of my big customers said hey you know aren't you a veteran because <laughs> we're doing this diverse thing and and you you know you're going to get knocked out unless you can get registered 
So I went and I, I got registered as a veteran-owned small business. Then I was trying to figure out, well, how does this all work? And they sent me up to up, up, in, up to New, uh, North Jersey to meet with this lawyer that worked in the state office for this whole thing. And the interesting part to me, which really kind of really upset me at the same time, was she said, so you're registering for a veteran-owned small business. And I said, she said, why aren't you running registering for dis- disabled veteran? And I went, why would I register for disabled veteran? You know, all my extremities are here. I'm all fine. I, I don't have PTSD. And she said, have you had, do you have any hearing loss? And I said, yes. I was on the flight line for four years in the Marine Corps. Obviously, listening to jets go by, I lost you know considerable amount of hearing, especially in my left ear. And I wear hearing, hearing aids now. Well, I have a doctor I can send you to that will you know, write you up as a veteran, a disabled veteran. And I went, wait a minute. I'm not going to your doctor to get, you know, an advantage. It's not disabling. Yeah, I lost hearing, you know, but I'm not disabled. And, you know, so there's there's a lot of that type of scam that, that's out there. And that probably really gets me my blood broiling. You know, I have to make sure I take more blood pressure med- medication when I think about it. Right. Um, Is people working you know, this? Go ahead. It's really people working the system, and yeah, and it's so frustrating. It's wrong. It's just wrong. Yeah. And I don't know. Well, okay, I, I'll let I, you go back to your questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you know, Pat, that that's what this show is all about. It's a very organic show. I, I may have an idea or a plan as to what I'm going to ask, but as we start talking things come up, right? Naturally come up. So to me, that's more important than a specific plan for where the show is going. But what you just brought up really leads to another question that I have. You know, we talk about people working the system, what's right, what's wrong. And you've been in business almost 35 years now. Your your transition and responsibilities to your son, which allows you to do other things that you want to do at this point in your career. But one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on the show, other than I just love chatting with you and it's been way too long that we've actually voice-to-voice versus email-to-email, is you've been known in the industry as somebody that is very loyal to your vendors and to your customers. And as a result of that, there's like a lot of eggs in one basket, you know, in the tech world especially, right, Pat? You... Yes. Say, okay, I'm going to sell this vendor's products. I'm going to learn everything about them. We're going to come highly certified, and we're going to focus on that. And it's critical in the tech world because advances happen constantly, and there's so many nuances, right? And we're not going to name names of companies and vendors, but because you had so much in one basket around one vendor, when they – Really, it's not even turning their back on you. When they crossed you, when they did you wrong, your business suffered massively. And you had a client that wanted to do business with you, but the vendor undercut you by selling directly to them, to to your potential client. I want to talk about that. How did that impact you? Go a little bit into the story and and how does a business recover from that? Because you did, but it took a while. Oh God, yes. Um, 
Well, first off, it, it impacted us in two ways because the first thing is I, I am passionate. I'm very, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say emotional. Yeah, I am that too. But when this started to happen, I, I wasn't real concerned because the one vice president at the company that ran sales worldwide, at least the Americas, I think he was worldwide though, you know, had just put a big uh, slide of me and my picture up at their worldwide conference out in Las Vegas or wherever it was. I wasn't there. And he talked about how, you know, I was loyal and that we were the ideal partner. Right. And, and, and I remember, I remember my son and my sales director coming back and saying, boy, he really likes you, whatever. Well, he was the main person that ended up, uh, putting the knife in my back and twisting it. But, you know, so when, when this, when I first heard this was starting to happen, you know, from Dom and Greg, I said, I'll just call, you know, this gentleman up and I'm sure we'll work it out. And our conversations were very nice and sounded like we, you know, oh, don't worry. We're just, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to hurt you here, blah, 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 blah. And I said, your client, we're all good. Yeah, we're good. You know, the new guys that, that are you're going to be working with, so they took the account away from the channel side and they gave it to their service provider side. So the sales guy that had been working on the account at this vendor for seven years with us, who helped, you know, get us the pricing we needed to do whatever. We did all the designs and all the work, told them what to buy and how to, you know, how to use it. Um, and did a lot of professional services for the account. So they loved us, the account itself. But anyway, they moved it over to these service provider guys and they had no intention of working with us. They wouldn't even take our calls a lot of times. And, um, but they did give me some lip service and, uh, We'll talk about this, but to shorten it up a little because it's already too long. In the in the long term, they basically didn't work with us. Uh, you know, this VP had asked me, he said, why don't you put a business plan to us? And so my son and I sat down and we wrote a beautiful business plan. We sent it to him. I don't think anybody looked at it. We sent him a second business plan and then a third. And all three business plans were very simple. This can be a win-win-win for the customer, for the manufacturer, and for Atrion, and everybody's happy. Well, uh, didn't work out that way. When they told us what happened and what they were going to do, I lost my temper. They canceled my contract. <laughs> and that cost us another $3, billion, $3 million worth of customers that were buying that, that set of products from us. So uh, it cost us millions of dollars in sales and, and a couple million dollars in revenue. And so it was, because uh, it was a $10 million deal, the, the one that went down there. So uh, it, it really hurt. And Yeah, um, these are not small numbers we're talking about. $10 no. million, $3 million, this million, that million. And, then, and that was just those immediate deals, but... For the next couple of years of additional deals that might have happened in the relationships and the referrals and all of that, you know, you're probably talking $15, $20 million worth of revenue from a vendor who used you as the poster child and had you speak at conferences talking about the relationship, and then they turn their back on you 
and decided to go direct. Yes. Uh, It's very frustrating because, again, I'm I'm a very passionate kind of person. I'm very loyal, like you said. And I build my business on relationships, whether it's with my employees, with my customers, and with my vendors. You know, you may have the best technology, but if I can't build a relationship with you, I'm not going to sell for you. You know, and you know, so it's 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 really this this one really hurt because we were with this vendor from day one uh, with the original company, and then they got bought, and you know, and, but it was just uh, just so frustrating that six months prior to this whole thing going down, that here we are, the poster boy, like you you mentioned, <laughs> and the poster boy is out. And it was it was mainly because I I told them I was going to fight them, and they they said okay fine your contract's canceled. There you go. So Which, how did how did we recover? Go ahead. And and now they want you back. The local team does because they don't have anybody is what they're saying that really could do the things we do in our area, which is what it's been for years. So the local team up to like a I don't know regional management has been bugging us and, you know, calling constantly and saying, meeting us at different times at different events, you know, at Ingram micro events or things because I'm on the advisory board. And it's always the same. So how do we get you back? And, you know, my answer is pretty simple. Well, I don't know if I can come back because I was burnt pretty bad. But since the guys that did most of the damage are gone, that vice president's gone, the guy right under him is gone, um, uh, you know, I basically said there's three things you got to do, you know, and you guys aren't at a level that can do it. You got to write me a check, number one. You got to give us back our account and the ability to sell to them as we were before and make money. And, uh, you know, then maybe you have to throw some other business over the transom to us to, to make up for some of what we've lost because we had not just the money, the, the heartache and, you know, and some of the plans we had last year were based on the fact we were going to have all this revenue, and that revenue went away, and we had to change our plans. And thank God, Dom and my and my uh, CTO and my sales director they they sat down and they really worked their butts off to build our services business to try to make up for some of the uh, bottom line revenue that we were going to lose. We're not going to make up the top line revenue as easily. But they're doing a great job, and our professional services have been growing, which is what we wanted to do anyway, but not as not to the level we wanted because we wanted to make additional investment, which we had to not make. We couldn't make because we didn't have the funds. We're we're self-funded, so it's not. I bring no investment money in. It's it's just us. Whatever we we've got to make profit if we're going to grow. Well, when we we're starting to get close to the national news break coming up in just about a minute now. One of the things that I want to touch on when we come back, Pat, is when this all went down, a lot of businesses would be paralyzed. They wouldn't know what the next step is to do, and this would shut probably 70 to 80% of the companies that went through a hit like this would literally be shut down. They would not be able to recover from that loss of revenue, that loss of client base, that loss of a, of a vendor relationship. Yet you guys did, and you're thriving. You said that the professional services are growing. You know, you 
you may not have recovered some of that revenue, but it's kind of shifted and your business has shifted as a result. So when we come back, I would love it if you could talk to us about how you get there, about how the questions like you asked yourself to say, okay, we need to step beyond this, even at the same time while you were thinking about mitigating. Are you good with that? Okay. Yep. All right, everybody, we'll write back with more from Pat Grillo, founder of HRN Communications, 35 years in business and really making a difference out there in the world and about to show us how they did that even when one of their vendors turned against them. We'll be right back with more from Pat Grillo. Welcome back, everyone. If you missed the first half of the show because you're listening live on iHeartRadio on WAXE locally in Bureau Beach, then you'll want to catch it on podcasts, and you can catch it anywhere your favorite podcast platform is. If you are listening to on podcast, I would really love it if you would rate and review and subscribe because that helps the show get found in more places. Tell all your friends about the show. I love doing it, and I'd love to hear what you think. So you can get to me at laura at laurasteward.com or at my website, laurasteward.com, where you can listen to any of the episodes in the four years that I have been on the air here at the, out of Vero's Voice WAXE. So, Pat, before the commercial break, the national news, you were explaining what had happened when one of your vendors undercut you and the millions, tens of millions of dollars in uh, sales that you lost as a result. Let's talk about how that really impacted your business and how you recovered from it because I've seen so many people just freeze, just have no ability to recover from a setback even smaller than this. Was it because you had plans in place beforehand of where your growth was going to be, or was there something else inside of you that enabled you and your business to continue and thrive from this? Boy, good questions. Yeah, we we had plans in place, but part of the problem ended up being that because we didn't have the revenue, we had to scale back on our plans. But the one place we didn't scale back was on our professional services. Um, so we continued to hire engineers and we train engineers and build our PS and bring out new offerings for professional services. And that picked up some of the bottom line revenue for us that we had lost, um, you know, Top-line revenue, you know, we're, we were hurting uh, overall. You know, instead of making a couple million dollars last year, we ended up losing money last year. I probably shouldn't say that, but we did. That but we're making money again business. now. Um, you know, but, you know, it was, a, it was a real hardship for the family mostly, you know, because we, we took the hit and tried to make sure none of our employees felt it and, and I think we did a good job of that, and you know we've continued on uh, the way we're going. Um, it's um, it's it's difficult, and again, but luckily we have a great team. Uh, my management team all stuck together and all had great ideas, and and uh, put together a good plan, and we're sticking to that plan, and we're just moving forward. Um, it's it's been interesting, and our vendors, you know, other vendors were very good to work with, and you know, and they were happy to know that there was an opportunity for them to get more revenue from Atrion since, you know, there was a there was some holes to fill. 
So, so that you know helped a little bit. Uh, uh, we're we're just doing everything we can to continue to grow. We just brought on some more new people. We got three new salespeople, uh, all young, all pretty much startup kind of people, um, eager to make their way. And we're going to give them as many tools as we can to be successful as as, as possible. Do you think this is something well, that you could have foreseen happening and maybe prevented from happening? You know, that's an interesting question because, you know, I, I've seen it happen and I foresee these things happening. Usually I know it's coming or whatever. I, I have something I can't even tell you about from when I was in boot camp in the Marine Corps, but I use this expression for 34 years, you know, and I'll, I'll give it to you sweetly. They're going to like you, love you, and then they're eventually going to. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I can't say that you know on national radio. You, know you know what? You know what comes with loving. Anyway, yeah. and you know, and you see it happen, and, and you know, you watch vendors. They come in. They you have this. Uh, they first come in, and, and you're on the. What do you call it? You're you're courting each other. And so they're going to help you do whatever you can do. And then if you're successful, you start selling a lot of their product. You know, then they really like you. And then when you really become successful and become one of their top partners and you hire all your engineers and get them trained, they love you. Then eventually something changes. And sometimes it's not a personality thing. It might be the company got bought and the new company that owns them doesn't do the channel. It might be, you know, but, uh, any number of things that could happen that could change that. So, or they went out of business, or whatever, or they got in trouble. So, there's a lot of things that depend. But I, in this particular case, I was totally blindsided because we were getting lip service saying not to worry. We got discovered, you know. And like I said, I thought the business plans we put together were like so well written, and uh, you know, and Dom did a lot of that, and put the thing together and showed how it made sense, how the customer was going to be very, and the customer told the vendor they loved it. And so we shared, we shared what we were doing with the vendor, you know, at a very high level. And so this one, you know, I guess I didn't, I just didn't foresee happening. I couldn't possibly have envisioned it. I just totally blew me away. Well, are you, because of what happened, are you guys changing the way you do business and changing the relationships you have to potentially minimize something like this from happening again that could impact your business as significantly as, as you did? What would be the piece of advice that you're using now? Or are you not? No, we are. We, 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 I shouldn't say change. We're accelerating. We were always on the path to to do more things that the vendor couldn't hurt you on, you know, new professional services, managed services, um, you know, different things where you can do it, whether you had a vendor or not. And so we're pushing as hard as we can to grow that percentage of our business uh, uh, and get more bottom line revenue out of professional services and different consulting services that we can do cybersecurity assessments and plans and penetration testing and, you name it. So the answer is accelerating the plan we already had in place. Okay. Now, since you're doing more professional services, you've had this new thought in your mind. 
you guys said, all right, this happened. It's affected our business, but you didn't allow it to down your business. And you said, what other areas can we ramp up? What can we do? You took the financial hit that was inevitable with a loss like that short term to grow your business long term. Have you looked at your client base to see if losing any one client could affect you similarly? Oh, yeah, but you know, we haven't lost the, the worst part is we haven't lost the client. We were just out with them the other day, took them to the Giants game. They still love us, and we're still doing some business with them. You know, unfortunately, this one vendor, uh, we can't be competitive. Well, we can't even sell it anymore. Right. But, uh, you know, so we haven't changed there. But we have, again, another area we accelerated was, and that's the reason for the three new salespeople, is that we're going after more uh, small, medium accounts where the professional services really play a lot better and the managed services play a lot better. You know, we're not we're not moving away from the Mercs and the Johnson and Johnsons and all of these other guys. You know, obviously, because uh, when they give you an order, it, it makes your year sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, but we are stri- striving to bring in more and more of these. Uh, you know, up to like five thousand people accounts. You know, not not real small, but you know, not fortune accounts either. So we're doing more with that. Part of what we talked about earlier with the, oh, no, we didn't talk about it. Uh, yeah, we did. We talked about with the veterans thing with the, you know, we're losing business in one of our major accounts and uh, to a $10 billion company that's a minority company, you know. So, you know, again, that, that kind of stuff really hurts. When you look at this last year and a half or so of your business, is there any one thing that stands out as a positive that happened as a result? Something you never yeah, found out. Imagined. Go ahead. I, I found out that, that I had people that could run my business as well as I could, or at least do a lot of it, you know. So that was good. It was, it, you know, I, I had to take a step back and say, well, what's going on here? And, you know, and meet with Dom and David and, Greg and Rich and Jennifer and all the other managers that and say, Hey guys, uh, we got a problem here and how do we fix it? And they've really done a great job of, of turning things around and, and, uh, and freeing me up to do some other things that I'm very passionate about. Okay. So those things that you're passionate about now, cause you really sounds so much to me and everything I've known of you and all our correspondence and social media and, and everything that this was sort of a wake up call for you of, okay, there are things I want to get done that I'm not getting done and I'm going to do them now. Would that be a bad assessment or an incorrect? No, assessment? no, no, it's, it's a big part of the assessment. There was two, two things that happened. I had a partner who helped me when we started our business, and he's not much older than I am, and he's made lots of money. And now he's got dementia. And his wife has got it worse than him. And, you know, as his started to happen, you know, him and I were talking a lot, and he was saying, you know, Pat, I've made a lot of money, and I can't enjoy it because 
my wife is real bad, and so we can't travel and all the things I want to do. And I thought, wow, he's only a couple of years older than me. And then it started happening with him, and it, it's gotten worse and worse. And, I, I, you know, it's part of my makeup. I'm trying to pay it forward by as often as I can, take him out somewhere, you know, we, we'll go play golf together and we'll go to, I'll take him to lunch or whatever kind of thing, just so we can get him out of the house. Um, but, you know, I looked at him and then I looked in the mirror and said, gee, Pat, <laughs> you can't let this happen to you. And then you're sitting here saying, you know, I've done well in business. I've done well financially. And either my wife or I got ill or something happened and I'm not enjoying it. So, you know, having the wherewithal to take a little more time off this year, even though I've continued to work, like give you an example, I worked out of my shore house rather than coming to the office a lot this year, you know, because you can do almost everything over the phone or online. So, but I was there. So if I wanted to go out and kayak or go for a bike ride, I'd say, okay, I'm going to do these things that I enjoy doing. So uh, I've had to take that step back because I'm 73 years old. I'll be 74 in April. And, um, you know, I, I realized after watching my friend and this other thing with the vendor uh, that, that this was not good for my long-term health, and I, and I wanted to enjoy life a little bit more. i got five beautiful granddaughters. I want to spend time with them. All right, and you're not just taking time for yourself. You're, you're giving back even more. I mean, you're ramping up even more veterans' events and benefits and philanthropy than you've ever done before. Talk about that because yeah. I think it's so important as business owners that we find some way to give back to our communities. And for you, veterans are very much your community. Yeah. You know, for years, you know, we've always had our own internal company golf outing. And, you know, it just was for our customers and our vendors and whatever kind of thing. You know, but every year we'd have a 50-50 or whatever, and we'd donate that money to some charity, and typically a veteran's charity. And about, I don't know, I think about six or seven years ago, I finally said, you know, why don't I do a charity golf outing for veterans? And, and we did that. And, we, you know, we started out, We probably the first couple of years, we made five, $6,000, you know, donated it to veterans' charities to the point where, uh, it started to grow, and last year we ended up making around twelve grand, and we included police charities and fire, and you know, trying to do more for the first responder community. Um, this year, the outing just really took off. I had a friend that helped me who does well, and he was able to get some people to come out, and, and uh, uh, you know, some you know, Sparky Lyle from the Yankees, uh, oh, wow. ex-Yankee. And uh, Kenny Danico, Kenny Danico from the Devils, you know. But most of our customers didn't even—I didn't even advertise they were going to be there, but they were there. And we ended up raising twenty-six thousand dollars. And so we've probably over the years raised, you know, in excess of fifty thousand dollars for charities. And again, we're expanding who we're giving to. We're, we're trying to stay away from the giving a lot of money to the big charities that advertise on TV, like Wounded Warrior. It's a great charity. So I'm not down, downplaying them, but they get money from all over. So we're trying to find local charities that are more. Uh, we're 100 percent of the money you give them is basically going to that, to the troops or to the police or to whoever we're donating to. So we're finding more of those kind of people to donate to, and that is really fulfilling. I mean, because 
they care. You, you know, I, I gave five hundred dollars to a small charity called a small organization called Gem Back Veterans, which is just a bunch of veterans that get together every Tuesday from World War II forward, and they sit around and they swap war stories and and they go up to a couple of veterans havens and different schools and they talk about you know veterans. I walked in and I, I handed them a five hundred dollar check, and you, you would have thought I gave them a million dollars. Right. I, it was so fulfilling. It was, you know, tell us how you did this. What are you doing? You know, and it was just so amazing. And you know, the, the other one I did, I gave a couple thousand dollars to wreaths across Warren County through uh, another organization, and and that was great because I got to go out and put. I say I said wreaths, flags across Warren County. I got to go out and put flags on the veterans' graves, and and my grandchildren came with me and and put the flags out, and it was just so incredible, you know. Beautiful. Last weekend, my my sons and his grandchildren went and filled boxes for one of the charities that we gave money to this year, and we've been given to every year, which is called uh, Operation Shoebox, where they fill boxes up and send them to the active military guys that are in Iraq and Afghan or wherever they're at. And and the people all show up and donate their time, you know, to take these supplies that are donated and fill in the boxes, and our money goes to pay for shipping the stuff overseas. So it, it's so, so neat to see my grandkids really seeing this and doing this and just amazing, you know. I, I, I love that, and I think it's just so important to encourage all the generations with the holiday season coming up, you, you mentioned, in this case, accidentally, wreaths across America, but that is something coming up, and almost every community has it to help put wreaths or some sort of decoration on the grave site of every veteran at local cemeteries. And I still have a couple thousand dollars coming in from the golf outing. I haven't, I haven't designated yet. Maybe that's where it'll go. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And another frequent guest on my show, Brandon Webb, he's a former Navy SEAL sniper and he revamped Sniper's training school and he talks about mindfulness and he has a veteran digital media company, which you would just love, Brandon. He founded oh, a foundation love called love Red Circle Foundation. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. And Which one? Red Circle Foundation. No, I haven't. And what they do is all of the funds go to emergent needs of veterans. You know, they've left the service, they've got an emergency need, maybe there's a medical need or a housing need or something, and it's money to help them over a hump that they're going through while they're waiting for government funds to come through, which we all know the veterans' organizations just are not as good as they could be, and it's amazing stuff what, what they're doing. But, and even you said Operation Shoebox with the holidays, so many places now. I, I know here in Vero Beach, the moms, the veterans' moms group, which I'm blanking on their name, they have pickup places where people can pick up um, postal service boxes, and they have lists of what people want and the name of a soldier. And you pack the box and put a card in and take it to the post office, and it gets mailed out. And I love what you're doing, Pat, and I love how you turned what for many would be a devastating hit to their business to take a look at your business and your life 
and look at what was going on and say, I'm doing more for me and for my family and for others now. I need to do that. And I love that, Pat, and it's so who you are. You know, I, I, that's why I sent you that uh, first chapter of my book thing, which talked about my up, upbringing, because, you know, seeing that I, I grew up having nothing, I mean, not, we had less than nothing, <laughs> and some of the things that I went through, it just made me more passionate to help other people that are, you know, maybe in the same boat as I was in, and um, just just so many things, you know. Thank God for the Marine Corps and my wife. I'm not in that order because they they can they both convinced me I could be better than the kid that grew up in Plainfield, wondering if I was going to end up in jail any day now because I just didn't care about authority, didn't care about much anything, and became the clan class clown in school because uh, it was the only way I could fit in because everybody else had things and nice things and I had nothing, so I became the class clown. Mm-hmm. So, well, in some ways, you I are still know. a bit of a class clown. <laughs> I've I always guess. known you at any event I saw you at. You always managed to make people smile around you and laugh. I hope that's so. A gift. That's a gift. We're, we're getting close to end of time, and I want to make sure that people know how to reach out to you, Pat, if they have questions. Um, would you be willing to if somebody's going through a business crisis or something, maybe give somebody a little bit of advice, or if somebody wants to tell you how much what you said meant to them, or maybe Absolutely. Help. Go ahead. Absolutely. It's why I started the one in service thing back in 1998, so companies like Mines could share what they're going through and how they could help each other do better, you know, oh, just, uh, yeah, absolutely, I'll be glad to talk to them, and they, they can either reach me at... Uh, uh, my email, which is uh, not easy, <laughs> pgrillo at atreoncom.com. And, uh, or they can call my direct dial number at 908-203-6565. Okay, say that information one more time. Yeah, it's 908. That's my direct dial number at office, 908-203-6565. And P my first initial, Grillo, last name, at A as in Apple, T as in Tom, R as in Robert, I as in India, O, N as in Nancy, com, C-O, Mary, Mary, dot com. So there's atreoncom.com. A lot of people forget the middle com. Yeah, because I just think it's C-O-M and not C-O-M-M, short for communication. So last thought, last piece of wisdom you'd like to share with my listeners. Pay it forward, help others that need help, uh, and thank God for everything we, we have here in America. And that's thanks to a lot of people like yourself, Pat, who put their lives on the line to protect us and, and keep us going where we are. And also people like yourself who create businesses that are about the community and about growing the community and then sharing that wisdom with other people. There's Laura, watch, watch, watch Facebook because you're going to see something really neat when I post the, the letters that we uh, got from my granddaughter's school. It, uh, I'm hoping to do that today uh, from the first, their, their kindergarten through sixth grade, 
and some of their posts or some of the things they tell you as being a veteran at a Veterans Day event they had was just so amazing. I, I get tears in my eyes every year when I go to it. Uh, just fantastic. Oh, I love that. And everybody, if you try to find Pat on Facebook, he's Pasquale. <laughs> so <laughs> Pat goes by Pasquale Grillo on Facebook if you're looking for him. And I love watching his Facebook feed because he just shares such amazing things. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to change the Pasquale just a little because having Pat up there, I seem to be getting a lot of proposals from men <laughs> who thought maybe I was a woman. I, I I said you know maybe if I put Pasquale I won't get all of these stupid things. You still but get the them. The only don't bad you? thing is the bad thing is I don't get the the awards anymore. I used to get hey you're you've been uh, picked as the woman entrepreneur of the year you know by such and such magazine. Oh really? <laughs> I don't think so. Being in cybersecurity, I know that you don't fall for every single one of those that come by. <laughs> well, if I fell for all of them, I'd be. I just got another one that's got $15.6 million they want to put in my account if I just give them my account information. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 40% of it's mine. (laughs) All right, Pat. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Grateful as always. All right, everybody, remember the right question can change your life. So what are you asking? You know, the music's really loud today coming underneath as we end our show, but... Pat, thank you again for all your sharing, and remember, everybody, have a great day. Hug someone you love, and thank a veteran. Thank you. You've been listening to It's All About Starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.